Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. We're kicking off a series today called Gains. However, we kind of kicked it off last week a little bit, if I'm being honest, talking a little bit about tiny tweaks, the small adjustments in our lives that we need to make in order to reach the giant peaks, in order for our lives to have the impact that God wants them to have. And I just believe 2021 is going to be a year of gains. I just believe that, that that's our word for this year. That's our word for our church. That's a word for my family, that we're gonna see gains in our influence in the city. We're gonna see gains in our our influence uh, as followers of Jesus, hopefully around the nation. I believe that. You're gonna see gains in your family. You're gonna see gains in your relationships. We're gonna take back some ground that the enemy took from us in 2020, and we're gonna gain some new ground in 2021. I'm just believing that. You don't have to be excited about it, but I'm excited about it, okay? Just ready to go. I'm just ready for a fresh start. I'm ready for a new beginning. I'm ready for there to be some increase in my my life. And the term gains is mostly a physical fitness kind of term. Maybe you've heard that in the gym. Hey, you're gonna get some gains. Gonna get your swell on. You know, a lot of times you'll hear that as it relates to lifting weights and, and strength training, but you can get gains in really any area of your life. Gains in your marriage, Gains in your finances, gains in your relationships. Maybe some of you single people are hoping to gain a relationship this year. I don't know. If you are, hang out in the lobby afterwards. Maybe you'll find somebody. But we all want gains. How many of you want some gains in some area of your life? Yeah, yeah. This is the time of year for it. Maybe it's gains in getting organized. Uh, Kristen, my wife, she was introduced to uh, a lady called Marie Kondo a couple years ago. You ever heard of this lady? She has a, uh, a show called Tidying Up, and it's all in subtitles. She's a, a beautiful, petite, little Japanese woman, and the whole show is in Japanese, but she's, you know, kind of, they got subtitles for her. And her whole deal is she just helps you get organized in your life. And maybe that's some of your goal, but she walk around and she says, hey, grab something, pick it up, hold it in your hands, and ask yourself, does this make you feel joy? And so my wife's done that. She's gone around our house. She's gone around her closet holding things, Does this make me feel joy? And Marie Kondo's thing is if you hold it in your hand long enough, right, you'll have this sense. And if it makes you feel joy, you keep it. And if it doesn't make you feel joy, you ditch it, right? You just, you get rid of it. And and so I'm like, what what does that look like? How do you know if something makes you feel joy? And here's what Marie says. She says, you hold it, you close your eyes. Joy. Just feels good, I guess. And if you don't, you know, you hold it, you you close your eyes like, hmm, not joy. If it doesn't give you joy, you get rid of it. So I decided this week I'm gonna go through my closet. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find some things. And and so I have some stuff I wanted to go through. And so I I grabbed this out of my closet this week. And I held it. And I'm like, hmm, joy. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, I feel joy now. I'm not sure how I feel. And I know some of you are like, Kobe, I didn't know you were a, a Browns fan. I, ha- I am. I have been for the last two weeks. I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> Love the Browns. But maybe you're in the season of your life trying to get organized, trying to experience some gains. But how many of you know Getting gains is hard. 
is hard, is it not? That's why they say no pain, no, no gain. Because it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be, be doing it, but it's hard. Here's what I want you to write down. If something doesn't challenge you, it's very unlikely to change you. In life, if something doesn't challenge you, if it's not hard, then it's actually unlikely to, to change you. So, of course, it's, it's hard. And we need to be challenged in our lives in order for our lives to be changed. And that's really my goal this year. I want to challenge you. I want to push you. I said last week, I'm, I'm not your, your financial coach. I'm not your you know, physical fitness coach. I'm your spiritual coach. And I want to push you in some of the spiritual areas in your, your life to, to grow, to be challenged, and ultimately to be changed. And that's, after all, what, what building muscle does, right? It's kind of a tearing down. It's this process in order for it to get rebuilt. Uh, like many of you, I, I haven't gone to a gym in about a year. Now, I say that, don't be rude. Don't be like, yeah, I can tell. Don't say that. <laughs> but during the shutdown, right, you know, we stopped going to the gym and we started collecting pieces of equipment for our basement. And so we did the Facebook marketplace thing and grabbed, you know, a barbell, grabbed some old school kind of plates, you know, grab, grab stuff. We actually got a Smith machine for my boys because I don't want them killing themselves on the equipment. And so a Smith machine is there for a little bit of, of safety when you don't have a spotter, but I, I grabbed all this stuff. We put it in our basement. In fact, we've named our, our basement gym Gainesville. That's what we're calling it. But on the wall, here's what I have stenciled on my wall. It says, run fast, fight hard, finish strong. That's kind of our motto. That's kind of our motto uh, for this year. That's our, our motto in the, the basement that we're gonna run fast, fight hard, finish strong. So every time I'm down there, you know, I see that, I'm like, I'm gonna run fast which is just a reminder to me that life is short, that there needs to be some urgency to living the life that God has called us to live. You know that, right? We live in a, a very um, kind of uh, tumultuous time in history where we need followers of Jesus to rise up and rise up now, right, and be the light that, they, that God has called us to be. And so we need to run fast. Paul says run the race in such a way as to, to win it. And if you're going to win it, you're going to have to run fast. So it's just my reminder to me to run fast. And that says fight hard, meaning you got to do hard things. It's not easy getting gains. You got to do hard things. You got to wake up and do the things that you don't really want to do. In fact, the older you get, the easier it is to slide into a season of complacency and not, not do the hard things in your life. So it's just a reminder to me that it's not going to be easy, but you got to do hard things fight hard, and then finish strong. I want to be a finisher. I'm going to be the kind of person that finishes what I, I started. I want to be a finisher. So that's my reminder every time we go down into the, the basement to run fast, fight hard, and to finish strong because making gains is difficult. And I think sometimes when we have these big goals and we want to move forward and have breakthroughs and, and make gains and we fail, a lot of times we chalk it up to a lack of willpower or a lack of discipline. And there certainly is something to be said for the amount of willpower that we all have, but over these next few weeks, here's what I want you to know. This isn't gonna be about willpower. This isn't gonna be a, a Tony Robbins seminar, you know, which nothing against that guy, I mean, he's crazy. But this is gonna be about God power. Not willpower, but God power working in and through your life. And so here's where we're going for all of you 
type ones or your, your number, your ones on the Enneagram, like you love an outline, you love to know where we're headed. Today, we're gonna talk about if you want to acquire the gains God has for you, you must first desire them. A desire to acquire. You have to, you have to change your thinking. You have to actually do the things, right, that you, you know you should do. And you have to get to that point in your life where you want to take that next step. So you have to have the desire. It starts with our, our thinking. Next week, we're going to talk about having a spotter because you all need a spotter. Every single one of us, you, you can train by yourself, but how many of you know you train better when someone's pushing you? You train better when you have someone there with you. And a spotter is not just there for safety and accountability, but they're there for encouragement. They're there for motivation. And some of you, you'll take a spotter that, you know, is kind of quiet and soft. Oh, good job. You know, way to curl that, you know, whatever it is. But others of us, we don't respond to that approach. We respond to the drill sergeant, get up in your face, you know, spitting on you, kind of, let's go, you know, do another rep. And so we're going to talk about our spotter. We all need people in our life to push us, uh, and then the next week we're gonna talk about habits, that we need to have a muscle memory of faith in our life. We need to, to, to have those tiny tweaks consistently doing the right things over and over that make giant uh, leaps in our life. And then we're gonna talk about grit in the final week, how it takes tenacity, just a, a stick-to-it kind of ability. We're gonna talk about, about grit. And let me encourage you, if you've been battling something year after year after year, or if there's something you know God is calling you to change in the season of your life, can I just encourage you to commit to being here every single week and just leaning into it? Because God will meet you at your level of expectation. Did you know that? And if you expect God's gonna meet me, God's gonna do something in my life, then he'll do it. And great gains in your life requires great expectations. Great gains in your life requires great engagement on your part. So make it a commitment. I'm going to be here every single week. I'm going to have, get my gains. I'm going to get what God has for me. And to do it, I want to look at the book of Romans. If you have a Bible, open it up. It's going to be on the screen up here as well. Uh, we also have paper Bibles. And let me encourage you this year, man, if you haven't made that a habit of just opening up God's word physically and getting into it and, and marking in it and writing you know, notes in it. Do that this year. We have Bibles available for you. Just stop at the hub on your way out. We'll make sure to get God's word into your hands. But this is a great chapter, Romans 12, on how God wants to change us from the inside out. And this is what it says in 12.1. You guys ready to go? Let me ask you again. Are you ready to go? All right, we're gonna get some gains this year. Romans 12, one says, and so dear brothers and sisters, in fact, when I get to that underlined word, would you help me out and say it out loud? Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done. All he's done. Can I remind you all that God has done for a minute? Like if, if you're not a follower of, of Jesus and you're checking this whole thing out and you don't know, you should know all that God has done for you. That God, through his son Jesus, he saves you. He makes a way for you. He gives you the opportunity to have eternal life through his son, not holding your sins against you because the Bible says we're all sinners and apart from him, we are, are lost. So Jesus gave his life so that we could have life. That's what he's done for you. All your hangups, all your mistakes, all your mess ups, he forgets them all, forgives them all, makes you white as snow, right? Calls you a son or a daughter, gives you an inheritance of eternal life. Come on, somebody. That's what God's done for you. So don't you ever forget it. And Paul says, in light of all that, 
Because of all that, because of all that God has done, we are to offer ourselves as a living and holy sacrifice. One that he finds acceptable. This, this is our true act of worship. And what a powerful word, what a powerful way to start a new year, to, to give ourselves to God, to surrender to him. To, to uh, Great gains requires this great sacrifice. And sacrifice, um, culturally speaking, in this context, was often they would bring something that's dead, which I think is so interesting. They bring something dead to the altar, but Paul tells us, hey, you're to offer yourselves as a what? A living sacrifice, not a dead one, but something that's living. And here's what I know about things that are alive. They can get on the altar and they can get off the altar. Can they not? And that's what some of us have done perhaps time and time again. We'll, we'll get on the altar and say, God, here's my life. Take my life. I offer it to you as a living sacrifice only to take it back, to take control back. Maybe last year you did the same thing. I'm gonna lean in. See what God has for me this year, and I'm going to get on the altar, but only because we're a living sacrifice, we, we get off the altar. He's saying you need to offer yourselves daily as a living sacrifice, holy to God. This is, your truly, this is truly an act, uh, your worship to him. Daily we have to get up there because we're a living sacrifice. And so we want to stay in that place. How do we offer ourselves daily to him? I don't know. Uh, what your Christmas break was like. Mine was interesting because me and my family, we took a trip to the Ozarks. Anybody ever been to the Ozarks? Yeah, don't go, don't go. It's different. Ozarkian people are different. But we drove out there because my family was gonna gather there. I have one brother that's living uh, in Arkansas right now. So we, we drove out there. On the way out there, when we got to Arkansas, things changed, um, you know, rapidly uh, I was given the universal sign of disapproval or the finger over and over in, in Arkansas. A guy got out of his car and was yelling at me and wanting to threaten me in Arkansas. We went through a town in the Ozarks that it said the population was 78 in that town. And we also drove by this biker bar thing that looked straight out of a, a movie that you wanted to stop and take a picture, but you also wanted to live. And so we didn't stop there in the Ozarks. But we stay in the Ozarks, and the Ozarks are okay to visit uh, if you're packing, right? You can visit for a couple of days. You just don't want to live there. Kind of like Harbor Creek. It's okay to visit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love Harbor Creek. Love it. But I don't know if, if you felt this way, but over the Christmas season, I was, I was just kind of in a funk. I was a little depressed. I don't know if it was that Christmas was so different I don't know if it was the fact that, you know, the, the world is in such turmoil, especially our nation. I don't know if it was things got shut down. I don't know if it was a crash after the church rose up in amazing ways and, and served our city like crazy. It was unbelievable. But something in all that, I just got depressed. I was, I was frustrated. I was tired. That's the only way I can say it. I was experiencing a little bit of funk. And what I realized was, I was focusing on what had happened in 2020. I was focused on, on the past. I was focusing on my disappointments. I was focusing on the fact that there were some things that I thought I was gonna get to do, that I thought my family was gonna get to do, but we didn't get to do. I was focusing on things that I thought were going to happen that ultimately didn't happen for one reason or another. Anybody, anybody feel that way? You know what I'm talking about? Just a, just 
just a funk. I was kind of down. And what I realized was I was looking at my life in the rearview mirror. I was looking at the disappointments that I had in the year because you follow your focus. And so my focus was taking me into a, a downward kind of depressed kind of spiral. And here's what I had to stop and remind myself. In fact, write this down. I had to change the direction of my reflection. I had to change the direction of what I was looking at in the past. And if you want to have a great year, a year filled with, with gains of doing what God's called you to do, you have to change the direction of your reflection. And what I mean by that was I had to stop focusing on my pain or my frustration and start focusing on the ways that God has shown up in my life. I had to stop focusing on the things that I had lost and start focusing on the things that, that, that God did and provided for me. I had to focus, stop focusing on the people that left and start focusing on the people that stayed, the ones that surprised me with their loyalty. Are you with me? I had to stop focusing on my frustrations and start focusing on how God was faithful. And I sat there and I realized, Colby, you just gotta, man, you gotta snap out of it. You gotta change the, the direction of your reflection because here's what I know. If you start focusing on your disappointments, you end up disappointed. But can I tell you something? If you start focusing on God, you end up with gratitude. And that's what I had to do. Start focusing on him. And I wanna say before I even dive into this, you may have had disappointments this year. Chances are you have. But let me ask you some questions. Was God good to you through it all? Are you here today? Are you still seeking him? Did God provide for you? Did God make a way where you didn't know there was going to be a way? Was God faithful to you in yesterday? Because if he was, he'll be faithful to you in tomorrow. Are you with me? Then we gotta change the direction of our reflection and remember all that he has done. Paul says this in Philippians. He says, I focus on one thing, forgetting my past, forgetting what's behind me and focusing on what lies ahead. He's had to change his focus, change his mind. I wanna give you just a, a few things this morning about this desire, having the desire to acquire the gains that God has for us. And again, I'm not your, your physical fitness coach, I'm your spiritual coach. And so I think the first thing we have to do this year, write it down, is to pray for it. I gotta pray. Pray for the desire. I know that sounds simplistic. I know that sounds easy. But the reality is the Bible tells us we are to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first God and then all these other things will be added to us. That's why, by the way, we spend the first 21 days of the year giving them to God. Saying, God, I'm gonna put you first. I'm gonna seek you first in my life. I can't do this without you. I don't wanna do this without you. And so as I put you first, it says, then all these things will be given to me. Have any of you ever heard of the comedian Jim Gaffigan? He's, uh, he's kind of, he's mostly clean. He's like one of the cleaner comics out there. Kind of funny, but he does this bit on, on working out at a gym. And what's like, in fact, I wanna throw up a few memes up here. Uh, this is what he said. He said, I went to the gym and I saw this girl's ribs, and I was like, I haven't had a McRib in forever. <laughs> He's got some wrong thinking going on, right? He's gotta change a little bit of his thoughts when he goes to the gym. Another one, he says, the most annoying are those people in the gym in exceptionally good shape at the gym. I'm like, what are you doing here? You're done already. <laughs> Come on, can I get an amen? Like, you go to the gym, you see all these, you know, fit people, you're like, what are you doing? All right, uh, one more. Watching a 90-year-old on an elliptical inspires me to die in my 70s. 
And then he says, it looks like a machine is eating someone's grandma. I love that. Machines eating someone's grandma. Um, breakdown in our, our desire happens when things get hard. And again, I don't think it's just discipline, but it's the desire that starts, starts to fade. But the good news is when it comes to desire, as we present ourselves to God, as we offer ourselves to him as a holy and living kind of sacrifice, uh, he changes the desires of our heart as we place him as number one on the pedestal of our lives, as we place him as the priority. And then he'll put uh, ourselves, we put ourselves in a position for him to change us from the inside out. That's what Paul's saying. He'll not only give you the power to change, but he'll give you the desire to do it. Now, there's a lot of things that you and I place on the pedestal of our life that we place as the number one position in our life. Uh, for some of us, and the reason why we do this, by the way, put things on the pedestal in our life is because of the promise that the pedestal makes, which is whatever you place up here as number one, if you will give to it all that you are, right, it will give you all that you want, if you give the, the whatever that is that you put on the pedestal, all that you have, all your time, all your energy, all your attention, then whatever that is, then that thing will give you all that you want. That thing's gonna satisfy you. It's gonna, it's gonna fulfill you in every way. And so we place a lot of different things on the pedestal of our life. We place beauty. Come on, Barbie. And our attractiveness, our, 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 our fitness, um, and not just Barbie, let me, let me do this for some of you ladies out there. Here we got Ken too. I think this is surfer Ken. You can tell by the long hair and the fact that he doesn't have a job. <laughs> and we can place our looks, our, our physical fitness on the pedestal of our life. And if that's what it is for you, then chances are you go to the gym every day, maybe twice a day. Chances are you put all your energy and your effort into that thing, into looking attractive, into being fit. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's what drives you, if that's your motivation for everything, you, you uh, go to the gym, you'll, maybe that's too much work. And so you have a regularly scheduled reoccurring appointment at a plastic surgeon's office. Or maybe you get some Botox injections because that's your energy. That's what's on the pedestal of your, your life. But here's what you need to know. The problem is this promises a lot, but ultimately it won't satisfy. Because guess what? Ultimately, all that gray hair is going to show. You're, you're going to see your roots. Ultimately, that Botox is going to wear off, is it not? You're going to see those, those wrinkles. The promise of the pedestal says if you give me all that you are, I'll give you all that you want. What else do we put up there? We put, of course... Our money, our resources, our finances, because after all, right, if I can just make more and earn more, and, and then I'll be more because my, my self-worth is tied to my net worth, after all, is it not? And let me tell you something, the people that place this as a priority of their life, there's nothing wrong with money, there's nothing wrong with, with making money, but when it, when it becomes to uh, driving you and leading you, running your life, if money runs your life, it will ruin your life. And so money is a, a great resource. It is a horrible God. It's a horrible God. Because I know people that have devoted their life to making more and earning more only to get to the end of their life miserable and lonely because they neglected those closest to them all in an effort 
of getting more of this? What else do we put on the pedestal of our life? How about hobbies? Got some gamers. Place this on the pedestal of our life. And it doesn't have to be video games. It could be maybe it's bow hunting. Maybe it's NFL. Maybe it's soccer. You know, whatever it is, we place that on the pedestal of our life because of the promise that if you give me all of this, then I'll give you all that you want. But can I tell you, there's only one thing that should go on the pedestal of your life. Only one thing that can give you all that you want that will satisfy and fulfill. His name is Jesus, and he alone, right, should be on the pedestal of your life. The priority, position, whatever you place there is what gets your your priority, your focus. And God says, if you'll just give all that you are to me, then I'll give you all that you want. Not in the sense that God is a cosmic vending machine. that You just ask for it and he gives it to you. No, in the sense that he'll change your desires from the inside out as you place him as number one on the pedestal of your life. In fact, let me just tell you this. He will not accept second place. He will not accept second best. When he uh, rescued the, the nation of Israel out of Egypt, And he gave them the Ten Commandments. This is what it says in Exodus 20. He said, and God spoke these words. I'm the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. I want to just stop right there. If God's brought you out of your sin, if God has saved you and set you free, you should be able to relate to this. Because he's rescued you. He's redeemed you. He's the only one that could do it. And that's what he's saying. I brought you out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not, and it's little g gods, by the way. Nor real gods. There's only one real God. You shall not make for yourself an image or the form of anything in heaven above or in earth below. You shouldn't place any other thing on the pedestal of your, your life or bow down to them or worship them. For I am, what does it say? A jealous God. He's a jealous God in the sense that he will not share this with anyone or anything else. In fact, I'll say this, is if he is not Lord of all in your life, then he's not Lord at all in your life. That's how serious he is about it. I'm a, a jealous God. Don't put anything else in that position because when you do, put him there, he'll change you from the inside out. Look at it, Philippians 2, 12 to 13. says this, so work hard to show the results of that salvation. The fact that you've been saved, the fact that you've been rescued, you've been brought out of Egypt, We're to receive salvation. That's a gift that God gives us. We're to work hard to show the results of it. That's our part. Obeying God with a deep reverence and fear, making sure he is number one in our life. But then we're not the only one that works in return. He says, for God is also working, giving you the what? The desire and the power to do what pleases him. So I love that verse. Not only will God give you the power to do it, but he'll also give you the desire. wants to start with changing the way that you think, giving you the desire to acquire the gains he has for your life. Here's another thought on acquiring, giving the the desire to acquire. Don't compare your starting point to someone else's finish line. Don't compare your starting place, wherever that is. How many of you know um, comparison is the killer of contentment? It's a killer of joy in your life. And a lot of times when we want to make changes and we want gains in our life, we can look at someone else that's where we want to be, and then we look at ourselves, and we're like, I ain't even close. You know who Marky Marcus, Mark Wahlberg? 
He's in some movies. You probably know him from movies more than you do from his music. But you should listen to it. It used to be Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. He's always this kind of jacked, ripped-up actor. Well, he posted his daily schedule online. Take a look at Marky Mark's schedule. 2.30 a.m., wake up. Nope. 2.45, prayer time, which is awesome, right? Because maybe you didn't know this, but he's a very committed Catholic. And so that's a very important part of his life. 3.15, breakfast. 3.15 a.m., he's eating breakfast. 3.40, workout. 5.30, post-workout meal. 6 a.m., shower. By the time many of us are getting up, or you haven't even gotten up yet, he's gotten up, spent time with God, worked out, had a meal, got a shower. Come on. It's like, dang. Um, 7.30, golf. 8 a.m., snack. I'm guessing that's during golf, because a half hour for golf, that's just not going to cut it. 9.30, cryo chamber recovery. 10.30, and Erie, just go outside, and that's the same thing. 10.30, snack. 11 a.m., family time, meetings, work calls, 1 p.m., lunch, 2 p.m., meetings, work calls, 3 p.m., pick up kids from school, 3.30, snack. The guy eats a lots of snacks. Uh, 4 p.m., workout number two. I feel like a loser. He's already had two workouts, right? And most of us at, at that time at 4 o'clock, we're just on our way home and still lying to ourselves that we're going to go to the gym on the way home, which we're not. 5 p.m. shower, 5.30 p.m. dinner time, 7.30 bedtime. Is that not crazy? Now, I look at that schedule, and I'm like, Colby, you're a loser. Like, that's ridiculous. If that's what it takes, you know, to be fit, I'm just okay with not. I'm all right with that, right? Some of you, maybe that motivates you. You're like, well, if he can get up at, you know, 2.15 or whatever it is, I can get up at 7 and go for a walk. And maybe that motivates you, but for me, and that's just discouraging. What I want you to get from Marky Mark's schedule is that that's his finish line. That's not where he started. That is a schedule that took him years to perfect, years to get to that, that place. And a lot of times we will compare ourselves with someone else's finish line, and you can't do it. You need to start small. Some of the greatest changes in your life happen because some of the smallest decisions, the smallest changes that you've, you've made. And so when you think about this coming year and the great gains that you'd like to have, don't think about the big audacious goals. There's nothing wrong with big dreams, but start small. Maybe bring it down to bite-sized things you can do and have these small victories along the way. In fact, I was talking to a guy earlier who said, I already failed on my resolutions. Anybody else? You want to admit it? Nobody wants to. I'm not saying that. He's already ruined it. I'm like, what's your resolution that you already failed on? He's like, I was going to read the Bible in 30 days. I'm like, dang. Like, I, I've done the, the Bible in 90 days thing before, but 30 days. I mean, that's, that's cruising. John Acuff uh, wrote a book where he talks about how he surveyed thousands of people about their goals and about the way they finish goals and if they finish their goal or not. And here's what he said. After surveying all these people, he said, take whatever your goal is and either cut the goal in half, right, make it a smaller goal, or double the length of time in order for you to fulfill the goal. In other words, he says, set a smaller goal and build upon smaller victories along the way. So if you say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in two months, okay, make it 20 pounds in four months. 
or make it 10 pounds in, in two months. And by making the wins smaller, you position yourself for more victories along the way. Just don't compare yourself. Your starting point to someone else's is finish line. Here's uh, Romans 12, two again. And let me finish this up. The next verse says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. He wants to change the way that you think. He wants to give you his, his desires because God, by the way, is in the, the transformation business. That's how he wants to change us from the inside out. That word transform, by the way, uh, the, the, the New Testament originally was written in the Greek and that word transform is the same word used for morph. You know what morphing is? Morphing is, is this gradual kind of process of, of changing. And that's what God's saying. I want to take you on this journey, this gradual process of changing you from the inside out, from, from morphing you. He wants to change the way you think. How does he do that, Colby? He does that when you expose yourself to who he is and to what he says. And then he says this, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I want you to jot down three things real quick. Here's personally how I'm doing this. Because I think if this is a year that we're gonna experience gains and we're gonna have some of these changes in our life that we want to see, the first thing I'm gonna start with every single day is remembering what God has done. Like I'm just gonna spend time every single day. If I start with disappointment, I end up disappointed. If I start with God, I end up with gratitude. I'm gonna start with God. I wanna remember how you've been faithful. And you don't have to spend a lot of time doing this, by the way, just reflect back every single day. How's God been good to you in your life? The second thing is this, remember what God has said. So remember what he's done and remember what he has, has said. And for me, I wanna, I wanna think what God has said apart from what he just wants to teach our church, I believe, but also for me first. What does he wanna teach me? I gotta get a word from, from the word. And so every single day, I wanna spend time in his in his word, remembering what he has said. And let me encourage you, make this a habit of yours. Like every single day, it's so easy too. Five minutes, 10 minutes, I would submit. The length doesn't matter, the consistency does. But every single day, say, God, I'm gonna spend time with you. You can download the YouVersion app. There are literally thousands and thousands of different reading plans or devotionals that you can use. Again, I recommend grabbing your paper Bible, but five, 10 minutes a day, every single day will change your days. Trust me, five to 10 minutes every single day will change the rest of your, your day. So remember what he said. Here's the last thing. I wanna remember to yield. I wanna remember to submit. If I'm gonna offer myself as a living and holy sacrifice, this is my true act of worship, knowing that I'm alive and I can get on and I can get off the altar, then every day I have to learn to yield to God. Have you ever pulled up to a, oh, like a four-way stop and you pulled up the exact same time someone else was pulling up? And so you both get there and, and you kind of, you know, you know, wave to the person in the other car. You're like, oh, go, go ahead. And they're like, no, 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 you go ahead, you go ahead. And you're like, no, no, please, 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 I insist. You go ahead, you go ahead. And obviously he hasn't taken driver's ed or he forgot if he did because, you know, the person that stops on the right, you know, if you go the same time, the person on the right gets to run away. He's like, go ahead, go ahead. And you're like, no, 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 you go ahead. And you kind of go back and forth with this whole awkward dance. And then eventually you just start to go. But they go at the same time and you're like, slam on the brakes. 
And you start the whole thing over again, right? You're like, okay, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. And if I'm being honest, by that time, I've already busted through the intersection. I'm like, forget you. I don't got time for this. But I was thinking about yielding. And I think that first verse that we read is we offer ourselves as a sacrifice. A lot of times in my life, I'll pull up to an intersection between what I want to do and what I know God wants me to do. And for a minute, I'll yield. I'll be like, okay, God, I'm gonna follow you. You go ahead, you go ahead. I'm gonna let you go. And when I don't see any activity, and I think you do this too, I don't see any activity, I don't see any movement, I'm just gonna start to go. And what happens is a lot of times I get stuck in the middle of the intersection. I forget the direction God had for me. I forget what I'm supposed to do because I did not yield to God. And so this year, I'm just remembering what it is that God's done. I'm remembering what he said. And I want to remember every single day to yield, yield to God, yield my life to him. God, I'm going to follow you. You go first. You know, there's another definition of yield. In fact, it's one that's used more commonly in God's word than just giving someone the right of way. What yield means is also to produce, to, to reap a harvest. The, 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 the harvest reap tremendous yields, tremendous growth, tremendous gains. It was a great gain, a great harvest. Here's what I believe. As you and I will yield to God, God will yield great gains in your life. Do you believe it? Come on, would you stand to your feet? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the reminder that you can change us from the inside out. God, that you can give us a new mind. God, that as we submit our lives to you, as we yield to you, you'll give us the the desires of our heart. But in reality, what you're doing is you're giving us just a new heart. You're giving us new desires. So God, help us be a church, be a people that yield to you, God. Help us to to change the direction of our reflection this year. Help us to look forward and not back. Help us, God, to fix our eyes on you. Help us to offer ourselves as sacrifices, living every single day to you, God. God, we pray that we would be reminded of the ways you've been faithful, because that'll help keep fixed our focus. God, we pray that you'll you'll help us to to dive into your word and understand what you've said to us. And we pray, God, that you would help us every single day to yield to you. While we're praying, every head bowed, every eye closed, I have two questions for you. One is this, what's God saying to you? Because if you let him, he'll speak to you. He'll meet you right there. If you submit, if you surrender yourself, if you come before him broken, God will speak to you. What is it that God is saying to you? Where in your life do you need to yield? And the second question is this, so what are you gonna do about it? What's God gonna call you to do about it? What's the next step that you can take? For some of you, your next step is to yield your life fully to God. If he's not the Lord of all, he's not the Lord at all. So there's some area in your life in this year you need to yield to God. Maybe it's tithing. Maybe it's finally to put God first, to take him at his word and yield that area of your life. Maybe it's serving. So I'm gonna serve you, God. You're never closer to God 
then when you serve, Jesus came to, to, to serve and not to be served. He came as a servant. And as we follow him, we serve him. He was to serve. Whatever it is, what's the next step? For some of you, it's to yield your life for the first time, once and for all, to Jesus. You've never crossed the line of faith. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to do that. The Bible says, as we confess that we need him, we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Whether you're in this room or you're online right now, I want to lead you in a prayer of confession that does that. Confesses Jesus as Lord. He forgives you of your sin, past, present, and future. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. For many of you, that's what you want. You can pray this with me right here, right now. Say, Jesus, I yield my life to you. I surrender it all. I can't do this without you. And I know you came to save me. In light of all that you have done, which is dying as a sacrifice for the sins of the world, my only response is to yield my life to you in return. So I confess you as Lord. Tell him that. I confess you as Lord and as Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Celebrate with those today. Celebrate with those online. Come on, you made the best decision. And we love to help you in this journey. That's why uh, if you let us know, you cross the line of faith by, by texting yes to that number uh, on the screen there or simply scanning the QR code. We're going to get some resources into your hands that are going to help you in your journey. Hey, I love you, church. I'm expecting great things in the weeks to come. Make a commitment to be here. God bless you. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.